0: Welcome to The Deep End Theory with Leslie Snipes, a.k.a. Mark Invalid. On today's show, we're joined with 28mm, a rising techno star. 28mm has released on Versotique and with latest release, Bokeh, with understated recordings. 28mm, a.k.a. Christian, thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here.
2: Uh, Just to get started, just to to hear in your own words, what would you use... describe your music like what adjective or genre I mean techno is a a pretty obvious one but uh, like it's not exactly normal techno it has a little more depth to it I'd say
1: and how
2: how would you describe your music or what do you want people to think of when they hear your sound
1: uh really it's you know techno is a given but it's more of the minimal side of techno but not so minimal that it's kind of you know, not enough, there's still like a very strong driving element to the way I put my productions together. And so I guess I want people to think of it as very like energetic, but very, very dark at the same time and very, very intentional, Um, not using a lot of layers, but just enough where it kind of gets you moving.
2: Cool. That's, um, that's awesome. And uh, how'd you come up with the name 28 millimeter? Where'd you, what's the inspiration behind that?
1: Um, So while I was in college, I had this DSLR camera. It was like a Canon. um, And the lens attachment that I had was 28 millimeter. Um, And so when I was kind of just coming up with the names, I was kind of looking back at, oh, where did I come from? Where did I start? And really, I started with art and photography. And so I thought 28 millimeter was kind of like a cool name to begin with. Um, And it kind of pays homage to my roots.
0: (laughs) Cool. Yeah, that was that was one thing I was uh, most is interested, interested about, uh, hearing about your creative process, and so, um, I obviously haven't figured out my DJ name yet, so that's one of the biggest things <laughs> I've had to still kind of fight against. Like I'm trying to still f- find my like creative process, and so, um, we talked to Anakin uh, the other month, and he, he mentioned that he started his, uh, electronic music journey starting from, like, the casual, the, the regular way that everyone else has, usually starting for the raves, and then eventually branching out to other genres, and, um, basically following your own taste and developing it, so how would you say your journey has gone throughout?
1: Um, i think Say you're asking kind of where the start was. Yeah,
0: just the overall progression of your taste, basically.
1: Mm, okay, i definitely say, like, the most defining moment was in 2014, I think it was. Um, I had just turned 18, and that was kind of, like, the minimum to start going to these, like, electronic shows. Because I've been interested in dance music, but I was always kind of too young to attend any of the shows. Events, but um, I just turned 18 and Dead Mouse had one of his uh shows in New York, it was actually the Five Years of Mouse uh launch event, it was kind of like a compilation album of like his best hits over the five years, and really that was so perfect for me because I've been a fan of him for so long, and this was going to be my first electronic show, so I thought you know, couldn't have been a better fit. Um, but it was at that show that I kind of like it kind of clicked for me, where I was kind of just feeling the music around me, and then noticing everyone else's reactions—the way they're moving, the way everyone's so happy and energetic—it it just kind of clicked. And I thought to myself, "Well, I want to do this, <laughs> just to be able to be up there on the decks and control the room with what you're playing—you know, music that you've made yourself." Uh, there's no better feeling, to be honest. Yeah, so,
2: definitely. That's
1: that's sort of the defining moment. Yeah, that's that was awesome. it.
2: I, I grew up on dead Mouse as well so I totally I feel that so
0: uh, dead Mouse is more like I'd say progressive right progressive house and so you're kind of uh, leaning towards uh, techno and I wouldn't say I, I, I guess it's not common to find people that just right away gravitate towards techno at least I wasn't I kind of had to go through all the regular like more well-known genres of John, uh, edm to kind of just start like uh gravitating towards techno so were you always into techno or is that something you just kind of fell into eventually
1: yeah it was definitely a progression so when i first started making music i was making that sort of traditional dead mouse progressive house um that kind of signature pluck sound and like melodic movement so i was making a lot of that um when I was first learning how to produce and it was under a different alias at the time. So I was putting music out just uh, under a different name, which I'll keep out for now. But, um, Uh, yeah, eventually I think I, (laughs) 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 it's a bit of a secret. Um, I I plan to do something. I plan to do something more with it eventually. So
0: I see,
1: kind of the point of that, That's cool. but, um, I don't know, I guess I somehow started moving more into like deep house, I started playing around with that, and it kind of just came into techno because I I, I think I liked the feel, the more minimal feel that techno had, rather than sort of like the traditional house tracks. Um, I started going back and listening to older mousetrap releases from guys like Echo, um, guys like Nias, I think that's how you say his name. They were like the dark, minimal techno acts on his label at the time. Um, So I was looking more towards their style. And then from there, I kind of just found, you know, bigger artists like Richie Hawtin, Macy Oplex, uh, and it, I don't know. My love for techno kind of just grew, and I just had a lot more fun making it than progressive house.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm so, I'm starting the field the same way as you, kind of have done, and so it seems like there's a the trend is starting to go towards uh, techno's favor, um, and so. It's starting to seem like it's evolving itself as a genre too. It seems more progressive
1: itself. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you're always going to have those kind of traditional techno acts, but I think because it's getting more attention, more and more younger producers are just trying to like take their own spin on it. Um, you know, so guys like me, guys like Anna Keen, uh, we're definitely trying to put our own twist on it that. I wouldn't say commercializes it, but makes it more appealing to the masses.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit more relatable. Yeah, I would say.
1: Right. Yeah, I
2: agree. I haven't seen you live yet, but I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen Andy so, live, and he, uh, Dance Floor definitely reacts to it. So people are definitely down. Yeah, the trend is going that way
0: for sure. So you said definitely. that your, uh, your favorite, your, your defining the defining artists of your your uh, the the beginning of your um, career was sort of dead mouse and that type of vibe. And so when was that that event actually?
1: I think it was sometime in towards the
0: end of twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. And then, so fast forward what, three more years and you're signed by right. this record. Can you talk
2: a little bit about? that? <laughs> yeah, that had to feel awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it feels great. Um, yeah, it was crazy, <laughs> crazy freaking journey. Yeah, <laughs> it must feel really. Uh, s- I, I didn't think I'd. Yeah, if I was talking to myself, you know, three years ago, like, hey, you're gonna get noticed by this label that you're listening to, I wouldn't believe myself. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely a good feeling.
0: How was that? Ju- uh, yeah. That how did that develop?
1: It was honestly by chance. There was this um, host. it was like a streaming site, I guess you could call it, um, called zomba.com. And so basically they held different contests where producers can submit their tracks and then they would be spotlighted by, you know, labels or other producers. And so Mousetrap was having their spotlight session. Um, I submitted you know, just by chance. And I was selected for their second edition of that contest. Um, so they premiered my track Beneath, which was just a single off of um, my own imprint. And from there, you know, I just started connecting with more of their artists. Um, and now I'm planning on an EP. So it's I, honestly, it kind of just grew organically. And I took an opportunity and it worked out for me, I guess. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. And so um, I know you went to Icon Collective. So I'm guessing that's where you met Anakeem as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't, we didn't go at the same time. Uh, he graduated, I think, a year before I did because I just got out this past summer. Um, but we had connected online because I found out he had gone to Icon after going to the Lane eight show that he opened for. Um, yeah. It was completely by chance. Yeah, I oh. had planned to see Lane 8 anyways, and then I found out, oh, who's opening up for him? Anakin? And then I kind of looked him up a little bit, and I found out he went to Icon. Like he makes techno. I was Like, wow, who is this guy? Looked up. Uh, yeah, I looked him up on Facebook, found him, and then we just started connecting after that.
2: And that's how you also got involved. Understated as well. Was he the connection there? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. And how, yeah, that's so how that started. How did you decide to go to Icon? Like, did did you just know from this journey with Dead Mouse and all of that that like Icon was just like the next step for you professionally, or, or was there something else that sparked your interest in specifically Icon Collective?
1: Yeah, so I had been going to art school um, or college for two years. Um, in my towards the end of my second year, I was kind of debating whether or not I wanted to continue this because, I don't know, it wasn't rewarding as much as I thought it'd be, and I was making way more music on the side than I was even attending classes, so I thought, well, why don't I just do this full-time? Why don't I, you know, try to get an education in music? And so I was kind of just online browsing different music schools, and Icon was one of the ones that came up. Um, I saw that they had, like, a lot of big alumni that came out, like Jaws and Keizo and Slander. And even though they were sort of, like, bigger... uh, like main room edmx i just kind of thought like it, it shouldn't matter regardless they must be a good school for production so i ended up applying ended up getting in um and i made the move to la i was in new york prior going to college um and i made the move to la uh yeah that's how that came about
0: that's dope and so now you're back home uh what do you so are you just working on music um full time now or what
1: uh, I wouldn't say full time. I have a like a full time job, I guess you could say. I work as an A and R for this company called the Music DA, and we basically handle like artist management, uh, distribution, sponsor dealings, uh, things like that. But on the side, yeah, just making music as much as I can. <laughs> That's
0: a really interesting point.
2: point. Banging techno. Yeah, on on the
0: side. (laughs) I mean, because that's a big (laughs) deal. Because a lot of people, you think that you have to let go of everything to make your dreams happen, you know? And so, to see you with all the success you've been getting, and you kind of just, you kind of still have your normal normal life, too, going on. And you're still killing it uh, for your hobby, too. And so... I kind of see uh, inspiration in that, um, and I commend you for that. Um, but Thank you. The, yeah, it's A awesome. lot of
2: people listening are in a similar position. So yeah, definitely, I'd say it so. It resonates, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially you know, sure. people in college or school, anywhere with a, a crappy job or something, there's always time, you know? If you, if you keep making sure. uh, excuses, I mean, you're going to stay there, but there's always time, and if, if you want to devote it to your hobby, you can, and you're certainly proving it. So uh, you're living in New York. How is EDM in New York as opposed to L.A. or any other places?
1: Uh, EDM in New York is definitely way, way more underground than it is in L.A. I kind of see L.A. as being more electronic, Orientated, like a lot of the clubs whereas in new york most of the major clubs are hip-hop orientated
0: interesting okay
1: so you you never see any of the bigger clubs in manhattan playing you know edm of any kind but you go to brooklyn and go to these warehouses and all these underground clubs and they're playing straight techno and uh tech house yeah and it's a lot more evident here than an LA scene, because I feel like LA seems a lot more housey orientated. They're not as dark as New York. Uh, Man, as I, the New York scene. <laughs>
0: I need to get out of New York.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you have clubs like output. You have the mirage that just opened up. You have guys like Richie Houghton coming every, you know, couple months. Uh, Maceo Plex was here just a few weeks ago. Um, and I mean, output was voted, I think, number one in the world uh, by Resident Advisor this really? last month. Damn. Yeah,
0: yeah need to make a trip
2: soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to meet. Absolutely. <laughs> who's your uh, sure. Who's your number one artist to look out for right now, besides yourself, of course? But who Who's on your radar? Who do you think is on the come up?
1: There's so many. <laughs> if you had so many up and coming guys. I had to pick one, I'd have to say this guy, Sol Vale, um, he's been a friend for a long time, another techno guy. Um, he's based out of Canada right now, um, but we, we've been in contact for way longer than I've been in contact with any other artist. Um, even when I had my older alias, we were friends, we were sharing music. When he had his older alias, we were friends and sharing music. Um, and so now we're kind of like we've been on this path together for so long. But if I had to pick anyone, he's definitely an artist to look out for. Soulvale.
2: so cool. We'll check him out. I, ha- I haven't heard of him, but is he on a particular label?
1: Sure. No, he's completely independent right now. Okay, cool. But that'll that'll change soon. I'm positive.
0: All right, we'll we'll try to we'll try to include that in the show notes. Uh, he has a SoundCloud, probably right.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to that. We'll get the info. For sure. Um, so For what's sure. been your biggest, uh, like, oh, fuck moment when you've been performing? Your biggest, like, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that.
1: Mm, oh, fuck moment. Okay, it had to have been, it, this was my second show ever playing. Um, it was in New York. It was at Santos Party House. um And I had, like, a 2 a.m. slot, I think. But the guy before me, this, first of all, this show was a mess, complete mess. I don't know who the event guy was, but he was mixing, like, Big Room House with techno, with Deep House, with Progressive House. Like, it was just a mess of genres, and nothing was cohesive. So the guy that was on before me was Big Room, and he was playing, like, all these Martin Garrix tracks, Hardwell tracks.
3: And here I am with
1: like (laughs) a USB full of like progressive house and techno. And I'm like, oh, how am I supposed to keep this energy when like, you know, he's playing these kinds of tracks? And so I think when we were going up to Switch, um, I plugged my USB in and then he was like wishing me good luck or whatever. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but on the CDJs, when you when you're selecting a track that's not on the, the CDJ that you're, that you're on, like he, he had his USB on one CDJ and while his track was playing, I was selecting my track on the same one and I went to hit play and it took his track off oh. and put mine on from the beginning. So there was like a moment of silence and then my <laughs> track started playing. So I, I didn't even mix into it and it was, what was the track? Um, it was like a really, it was like a slow starting track where it was just like a kick in the beginning, so it was really, really wanted
0: Oh, awesome. one of those.
1: <laughs> Solid uh, intro. <laughs> yeah. It had like a long intro, and I didn't know what to do because I didn't have any cue points set for that track, so I had to wait the minute that it took to uh, intro the song.
0: Yeah, because we asked this to uh, Amtrak as well, and it seems like uh-huh. USB issues and CDJs are very prevalent with DJs, and it seems like almost everyone kind of has a similar shitty uh, experience with that with he he was at some uh, day club or something and he was uh, there was someone mixing um and then he was the one next up and then he uh basically uh tried to put his in but he and instead of putting his in he actually ejected the the person's um uh, flash drive that was on right now and then there was just yeah. immediate silence. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's funny to see that you have a similar
1: experience. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. And especially, if, you know, like this guy had just walked off as soon as he was done. He didn't even, you know, he wasn't telling <laughs> me like, oh, my USB is here. Don't play this. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
2: you got you to be careful, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's funny.
2: And so what's your dream venue to play in?
1: Anywhere in the world? Dream venue. I haven't played Output yet even though i'm here in new york um that's definitely my dream venue nice uh but that 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 might happen pretty soon so you know, who knows interesting <laughs> um, if i had to pick the sides that if this this is probably just crazy i would want to play bergain
2: <laughs> oh nice
1: but if, if yeah let in. <laughs> that, i don't yeah if they let me in <laughs> that'd be another one yeah
0: cool so uh one thing uh, from talking with Anakeem, he mentioned that you're really, your creative process is just on another level. He, he, he basically brought up that you, put out a, you could put out a song a day. So can you speak a little bit to that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can see why he says that. I'm pretty quick with how I produce tracks. I mean, I think it's just because my workflow, I'm so used to it and I've done it for so long that you put me in front of an empty DAW and you know I'm just moving. I have the drum groove down, I have a basic arrangement laid out, and then I kind of just have to write some melodic ideas. Um, and so I could definitely pump out a track in a few hours. Is it going to be amazing? I don't think so. But um, I can definitely work pretty fast. And so I'll come up with maybe two or three ideas per day, and then the next day those ideas are finished. Um, and whether I want to put those out or not, I'm not really sure half the time. So then I'll send those out to like friends and stuff. But I definitely have a catalog of like, uh, I haven't checked recently. It's probably over 50 or so tracks right now. Um, that I'm just like sitting on. That's a lot. But yeah.
0: (laughs) That's cool. That's an interesting process where you just kind of just make something up and then you kind of get validation from your homies and then see what what shit sticks and
1: yeah i mean the most important thing is to go in not expecting anything because i think the moment you try to say to yourself hey i'm gonna make this dope techno track then you're already putting yourself like in a pigeonhole. whereas like when i go into the Daw, i never know what i'm making sometimes it's not even techno Sometimes I come out with like a pop track, you know, and it's like, well, what did I just make? doesn't matter. Let's start a new project. Um, and so, yeah, just going in with an open mind and stuff, stuff tends to happen naturally, you know, happy accidents.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, it's awesome. It's been great talking to you, trying to stay cognizant of time. Um, so yeah, it's been great talking to you. Uh,
2: now we have a, a guest mix, mixed by Christian himself. Yeah. So thank you for coming on the show. Be on the lookout for a release coming out on AAI next month. And then be sure to check out his understated release, Bokeh, uh, which came out October 24th. So that's available on Spotify, Apple, all the major yeah. uh, streaming services and stuff like that. So.
0: And then you're on SoundCloud 28mm or a DJ
1: 28mm? It's 28 millimeter across all the socials.
0: Okay, awesome. It's so, uh,
2: SoundCloud, Facebook. Be sure to check them out. Christian, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Uh-huh.
3: Oh <laughs> We'll <laughs> be